This week, we're joined by Charles Scudamore, CEO and founder, Heatherly Capital Partners, who joins us from Manchester, where he's admiring the Northern Powerhouse at work. We discuss the group's value recovery model, the role of the owner, and of course, how to keep biscuits away from the scavenging hordes. Welcome to another episode of New Tricks, which is the weekly podcast from New Dog PR. Um, we have with us today, Catherine from Paris. How are you, Catherine from Paris? I'm very good, Emily from Bristol. How are you? <laughs> I don't know why I have to make it clear that you're in Paris. It's 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 exciting. It's because you can't see the the. Uh, I saw from the um, from the British press this weekend that Europe is a, is alive and aflame. With, uh, with riots and riddled with COVID. So I think it's important to make sure where I am so that you can't hear the sounds rioting and flame in the background. And it's not just because we have very good uh, double glazing here. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's why I do it. I, that, that thought went through. That was the, the subliminal thought that went through my head. <laughs> um, and not from Paris, but from gloriously sunny Manchester, no less. We're joined by principal and founder of Heatherly Capital Partners, Charles Scudamore. Charles, how are you? Yeah, it's uh, morning. I'm uh, I'm I'm well, thank you. It was uh, as I said, I was looking out for the eleventh floor of the Hyatt Regency in Manchester, enjoying enjoying a tremendous view. So uh, yeah, it's a lovely morning here. Any riots up there that you can see, or discontent generally? Barricades okay. required. No, it's it is just redevelopment continues apace, and everything seems nice and uh, you know nice and peaceful down there. So yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful morning, and uh, yeah, lovely to be here. Yes, how many cranes can you see? Oh, yes. Number of cranes. Crane spotting? Uh, there are a fair few. I'll get back to you at the end of the podcast, by which point I, will have, uh, I would have counted them all. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Um, so for can you just give us a little bit of context? Um, what's Heatherly up to these days? What do you do? What's new? Can you sort of set the scene so we can then continue in a very uh, professional manner? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, um, Heatherly Capital Partners as a business was set up in uh, by myself in 2012, uh, and it was very much with the remit of uh, um, acquiring underperforming, undervalued hotels. And uh, um, that acquisition strategy, that investment strategy, uh, led us to build up a portfolio of branded budget hotels, but also some independent hotels and uh, um, a couple of hotels which required a little bit further work outside of the branded space, but were, were, were exceptional hotels in their own right. Um, and uh, we've we've had a lot of success with that. I mean, our geographic remit is 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 entirely UK. We've had a look at a, a couple of opportunities over in Europe, but never managed to uh, uh, to do anything there. But uh, very much UK focused, uh, very much looking at the outside of London and that branded budget space, uh, branded mid market, um, you know, 100, 150 keys. Um, and uh, that's where we find ourselves now. And really, I suppose since uh, you know since the pandemic and uh, the world having been turned uh, upside down, uh, it's really allowed us to refocus on, on on where we've had success previously and what makes a hotel work and what really where you know areas of the fo- uh, areas of the operation where you need to focus on. And so. I think you know going forward, and certainly from our perspective, um, you know we're still very much uh, acquisitive, um, but looking at hotels where there there is that real upside, that real that capital value upside, where we can uh, implement our own systems and uh, and set up to 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 deliver that change. How easy is it to find something where that upside is deliverable? Is that not what everyone's looking for at the moment? 
I think, yeah, I think there is a challenge because, I mean, uh, I mean, as as other guests that you've had on the podcast have said, I mean, you know, there is a huge appetite out there for 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 assets, um, and there's a lot of um, dry powder, as people call it, uh, you know, into hotels and uh, acquiring hotels. And so in, in, inevitably, when there is a general lack of um, stock on the market, you do get uh, a lot of competition for any available assets. I think the challenge is, uh, at this point in time, trying to understand actually where am I acquiring the hotel uh, now for all the right reasons in the sense that there is an opportunity to take this hotel forward. There is a, a capital value upside. There's an asset management play. There's profitability um, you know, areas of enhancement. Or am I just buying the hotel because actually I haven't done a huge amount in the last 18, 20 months uh, and I've got tremendous pressure to, to deploy some cash? And I think th- there is that challenge, um, um, but that does lead to. I mean, it is a, it is a, it's a seller's market at this point in time. But I mean, I think it's interesting to see potentially how that might change going forward. And how is it? Because um, we've all been very fascinated to read about your value recovery model. Do you want to talk us through that a bit? Yeah, this was something that um, we had uh, we'd really focused into our own assets first of all uh, as a result of coronavirus to to really strip it all back and say right well how are we a going to deal with this because I think one of the key challenges that's come out of coronavirus is is really not taking anything for granted and I think that uh, a lot of uh, hoteliers and uh, hotel keeping some of the brands. I won't necessarily name them now, but some of the brands are a little bit lazy when it comes to actually uh, their their oversight of the operations and how quickly you need to move. In reality, when you're dealing with some, um, you know, some fundamental um, risks in the sector, and uh, um, I think that it was something that we looked at first of all, as I said, in terms of our own assets, and then, well, if we are going to deploy that sort of um, level of granular attention on onto our assets. How can we help others? Um, and our, um, you know, our JV agreement with uh, with the owners at, uh, and I'm sure we'll come on to it, the um, the previously uh, Travelodge Central Heathrow um, and uh, soon to be Ibis Budget uh, Heathrow Central uh, is uh, is a testament to actually how that model can be deployed into an existing hotel and uh, you know ho- hopefully how it can recover the value in the underlying asset. You mentioned Heathrow. Um, why don't you talk us through why? why that the details of that um deal and um, why it fits with the model and what you are going to achieve with that property well um thanks i, I think with that um i mean firstly we're dealing with a with, with an owner that has been in in place for some time and um, historically just received a rent check um you know a quarterly rent check and had very little visibility on on onto the onto the hotel or you know frankly was we wasn't necessarily that concerned um, to understand the operation because why would they? Uh, it was it was leased to Travelodge and uh, um, it did very well as a hotel. Um, with obviously the CBA and uh, um, a lot of the challenges that then came in on Travelodge and some of the existing landlords, I, I think there was a um, a period there where where they, where they looked at what can we do? You know what can we do with this? Um, we, we're marked as a, um, a um, as a as a hotel which is going to be. Um, you know the rent is is not going to be paid, um, and that in itself is 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 a struggle um, when you're used to that quarterly rent check. And invariably, there was uh, there were some questions that were asked, and uh, we uh, we were introduced to them, um, and 
we took them on a journey. And that journey is really about um, making sure that they understand that actually being exposed to hotel operating risk um, is not as scary as it sounds. Because ultimately, um, I mean, you thought you were taking on a lease and uh, you know, when when the when the pressure came on, that that lease fell away anyway. So, in, in some respects, you were already exposed to it, um, it just in a different just in a different form. So, um, where we where where we where we're going with that going forward is, it's going to be re- rebranded, as I said, and working with a core who are going to come in on a on a on a management contract to 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 manage that hotel. And there's a opco propco split between ourselves and ultimately the, um, the the parent company. But effectively, we take on all of the the day to day operations, um, all of the uh, the hassle, shall we say, uh, of, of of dealing with you know with a hotel and actually what that entails. Because certainly from you know from the owner's perspective, there was not that desire to get involved in the day to day nitty gritty of, uh, of 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 ultimately overseeing that hotel. And the, the, the key, um, I guess, the key goal for both of us is to recover the underlying value of the asset back to where it was. Um, and they recognize there's, there is a journey to that, but uh, also by following and adopting the strategy that we've put in place and very much talking them through that process, I think we, we both feel confident that we can, you know, we can deliver that, uh, that asset back to where it needs to be. And so is this, is this something of a not wildly keen on the word solution um but is this something of a solution to for uh, institutional owners um or investors in general who may previously have been thinking holy moly hotel land looks grim let's check out of here um without basically without them having to do that they can they can they can keep ownership um they don't need to be changing beds or putting pillows on pillows on mints mints on pillows (laughs) (laughs) this is a way that they can stay involved um keep ownership but without having to do that yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, it's it's exactly that, and I, I mean, I would say that I think it's a it's a, it's an institutional solution for institutions that have exposure to the hotel space, and uh, um, you know, we've got very robust systems in place, um, you know, built up over time, uh, and obviously with some you know some other kind of blue chip clients that we work with, um, we can provide that uh, that 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 buffer. I mean, we have a number of hats um, specialisms to the you know to 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 the business whether it be property asset management, whether it be hotel operations and the day-to-day running of a hotel, oversight of revenue management, all the things that go into the, the daily deci- decisions required on a hotel. And uh, we can, you know, I, I guess the overarching is that we then um, fold that all into how do we drive value in the asset? Because uh, operational decisions in taken in isolation can, can, can sometimes not always feed into where are we trying to get back to? And so, you know, whether it's the investment management, asset management, or the the oversight of the operations, it all feeds back into a recovery of capital value. And as I said, a kind of institutional solution for, you know, for 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 for, for larger institutions. Marvelous. I think we all found that that travel on summer um, gripping uh, because we were all locked away from places, and you know, one has to find these things gripping because it, it passes the time. Um, but um, do you at the time everyone was hoping, and I was those everyone that there would be huge changes in the in the way that there was more power towards the owner, and there's 
just a, a long-standing narrative in the sector about more power going over to the owner because the owner tends to feel a little bit put upon. Um, and that didn't really happen. There wasn't that huge shake-up of the travel portfolio in the end for um, for, for what became obvious reasons when the, one of the big holders decided not to be pissy about it after all, but um, for reasons which will no doubt will come out in the wash. But um, do you think that there that was an opportunity missed or do you think that there that we will see more power going to the owner? Or maybe you think that the, the owner would have had enough power to start off with anyway and just stop complaining? Yeah, well, I, I, think, I, I think always looking back at these things, it's so easy, isn't it, to kind of look back at it and say, right, well, that was a missed opportunity. We all should have gone in a different direction. I think you can underestimate actually how much uncertainty was generally, you know, in, in you know, in in society, in the, in the economy, within the sector um, at the time, and so, you know, I don't think that anyone, you know, should be blamed for not taking that opportunity. And in some respects, it was, um, it is a bit of an indictment uh, on on others, frankly, within the within the industry that didn't necessarily, um, you know, present that solution at the time. Um, to to you know to convince um, kind of wholesale change, but um, I I would say that I mean rather than it it is a missed opportunity, it is still an opportunity. I mean it's not it's it hasn't gone. Um, I think that uh, you know any responsible owner or investor in a hotel asset has to constantly um, question and challenge their own um, thought process and 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 and. and you know the, the the business strategy of the underlying asset and partners that they work with in order to drive the value, and I I think that is it's more about you know looking at that again and again rather than looking back and saying well we could have done it then and now we can't do anything. You can always do something, um, and uh, I think uh, as I said it's uh, it's not necessarily a missed opportunity, but uh, um, I think that I mean ultimately uh, the balance of power should 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 always end up with actually who does it impact the most and actually the owner of an asset is 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 the ultimate you know arbiter when it comes to who 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 it impacts and uh, i think that uh, um you know that any responsible owner should always question that in order to drive their own position rather than just take the word for someone else and uh, you know uh, deliver the strategy the growth strategy for 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 for, for whoever else it may be do um, you mentioned um, driving the, the recovery and and the various elements um, of the operations of the property of the dot 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 that 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 sort of combine to do that? Can you give us a sense without sort of sharing your secret sauce? What are some of the main areas that um, drive the recovery to profitability? I, I mean, I think, that, and this kind of folds into some of the challenges I think that are facing the hotel sector. I mean, that drive to 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 recovery. I mean, you know, there there is obviously some good news that has been shared within the industry, and I think anyone looking back over the last, you know, maybe eight ten weeks would say things are a lot better than they used to be. You know, isn't that good? And uh, certainly the um, you know the demand profile of a lot of those markets that uh, that we track and are, are you know are obviously you know tracked by others in a kind of macro level uh, is substantially better than it used to be. I think the big question, um, you know, the big questions going forward are really the uh, recovery of rate, um, the recovery of ADR. Um, and the other side of that coin is um, is obviously the operating cost pressures um, that are coming into that that are certainly there now for hotels for the economy in general, and how that impacts the you know the purchasing um, kind of patterns of 
corporate uh, corporate uh, travelers you know leisure travelers and it's not just about staycations you know i mean there are there's a whole range of demand markets that uh, that feed into most hotels and uh, an over reliance in any one of those demand markets is um i mean is is, is a mistake um so i think that uh, certainly the adr piece is a is a is a, is a big part of that value recovery model um, the other, you know, kind of that—that's top line, and then through the middle of the PNL, um, one of the challenges that I can see for a lot of hotels is is not necessarily, you know, that that hotels won't get back to the way that they used to be, but it's how am I going to manage my cash flow to get to that point? You know, I, I want to still be alive when that point comes, but actually the cash flow pressures, the cash flow crisis that um, is going to really, in my view, start to impact trading hotels much more so than it has done already to date, um, is, is, is a substantial threat. Um, and, and this comes back to the nimbleness and I suppose the, the granular detail on any uh, operation to make sure that you're not, uh, you know, you're not overpaying uh, a, a penny when you don't need to. You know, you're getting the absolute best uh, um, deal that there is out there, and you're constantly challenging yourself to see if you could reduce that operating costs and benchmark it against others. I mean, that all takes time, and that's not necessarily in everyone's um, ability to be able to do that, particularly with large institutions and you know multiple hotels and multiple jurisdictions. But at a base level, on every single asset, it's the sort of rigor that I think that uh, every owner needs to. Um, needs to be applying. Is the um, revenue per square meter message getting out there? Did you, as you came through your lobby this morning or, or whenever you checked in, did you see the place infested with people working from, from lobby? Because uh, as, uh, as we heard from Boris Johnson only today, and this will date us immediately, um, it goes against nature uh, not to go into the office. <laughs> yes. well, I mean, we all find in nature, do we? Because like nature woo, is a cruel mistress. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure the lobby of the hotel that I'm staying in is, is it, you know, kind of reinforces that message. There seem to be lots of people milling around. So um, they they haven't obviously heard Boris and, uh, you know, his his pearls of wisdom. But <laughs> do you think that the owners are starting to realise now that it's not just about RevPAR, it's about what you can do with the entire building? I think that I mean you know the RevPAR you know the, you know the RevPAR and uh, you know the top line of any hotel you know is 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 obviously the first challenge and you know we have that with a lot of the hotels that we you know that w- that we're on on our own portfolio as well it's it, the focus is always on you know how many how many people do we have staying tonight you know how many people do we have on the books uh, you know next week and the week after that and what's the what's the look forward in terms of business on the books at at, at what sort of rate but you know that in itself is uh, that will always be the focus but i think also going forward where owners and i mean i would say this but i mean where we're really looking at is that is only 50% of you know of of the conversation the other 50% and arguably as many challenges now through the middle of the profit and loss account in terms of the operating costs of the hotel you want to make sure that if you are making it a top line Clearly, it is also converting. So, um, you know, it's all very well kind of turning over lots and lots in your hotel. But if you're doing it for, you know, not a lot, then really, what's the point? And ultimately, the value of the hotel will be driven by 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 the profit position. We've talked a little bit about rate, which is obviously comprised leisure, business, meeting, incentive travel, all of that lot. Um, we need to ask you 
what your favourite biscuit is and why, this segues into leisure. I was going to say, that was like a really brilliant, you had like that really serious interviewer voice on then, Emily. It was really good. <laughs> Thank you very much. Really I practised. Considered. I practiced, right. uh, yeah, I practised that in front of the mirror. Um, we need to ask you about biscuits. But before that, um, in our vast and expansive preparation for this podcast, um, a revelation was made this morning. Catherine, please share with the group what you used to do um, in your in your leisure to support the leisure sector of the uh, of the hospital. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to say I was selflessly doing this to support the leisure sector, but I was selflessly doing it to support myself and my need to buy tickets to indie gigs and Wonderstuff t-shirts. So, um, so yes, no. I used to in the summer months. Once some of the many, many things that I used to do in the summer months to earn money and stave off boredom um, was I was the owl at um, Pepper Pig World, or what it used to be uh, was Paulson's Park. Of course, it's a hoot hoot at Paulson's Park. I was that owl. And if you've ever spent a lot of time looking out through a large animal's neck and having people talking to your fake eyes, you'll realise that there are worse things that can happen in your life. Um, so, yes, it's all came flooding to the front of my mind, of course, um, as the UK's noble leader was talking about having spent an entire Sunday at Peppa Pig World. Um, apparently it's very good and very well ordered and the kind of place that he would want to be. Um, sort of full time, which I'm sure we'll be happy for him to do. But um, but my time at, at Portland's Park, well, delightful in every way. I can't say I found it a very relaxing experience or somewhere I would want to live necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no. <laughs> but there you go. So, yes, yes, other hospitality endeavours I've supported over the years chicken plucking, um, uh, working at a children's holiday camp for £5 a week. Um, five pounds a week. Yes, no, no, no. So I take it about five pounds a day. It felt like five pounds a week. Five pounds a day for a full day. Full day. I used to run the coach in the morning as well, taking little darlings to the to the site. Um, yes, five pounds seems like theft. <laughs> <laughs> But when the alternative is, is um, I did do a, a summer pulling up ragwort, which is a fun thing that you can do in the New Forest. Um, and that was very profitable compared to that. Mm-hmm. Compared to £5 a day, I think most other jobs are, aren't they? But, uh... <laughs> Although, to be fair, in terms of profit, I didn't have many outgoings. My oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. Like that. So it wasn't, it's not all bad. That is like neat profit. Mm, all straight to the indie gigs. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, I'm sure everyone was very grateful. At some point, we at some point we need to we need to do a podcast all about Dave Grohl's book, um, neatly into, into into gigs. But perhaps now is not the time. Um, Charles, feel free to share with the group uh, how you used to support the um, leisure sector in your youth. But if and and you, or you may not wish to, um, in which case, just tell us about what your favourite biscuit is and why. Oh goodness! I mean, kind of you know, of the of the two, I mean, I've I've had some some pretty ropey jobs. I mean, I must say that. So, I mean, I you know, I there, there are some which I'm not necessarily sure that I can uh, you know I I want to go back over. But I suppose it it, it was. I mean, so I did. Uh, I mean, you know, between university or kind of you know summers of university and stuff. I mean, I used to work in what you know it wasn't leisure, but um, it didn't. I mean, it felt like work. That's for sure. Which was stacking. Uh, um, uh, the clay tiles that you used to put on uh, put on the roof, just on on high, so off a um, off a off a conveyor belt. There's twelve hour shifts, just standing there, just taking that tile off and you know sticking it on sticking it on the shelf, and then stacking these big kind of multi stacks and kind of pushing them on onto the lorries that were going to take them all over the UK. So, I mean, that was that was mind numbing work, and so. 
I mean, I must say that I've I've been there and done that when it comes to some pretty kind of you know some pretty mind numbing work. But uh, I I had a couple of jobs in hotels and uh, um, I've seen that kind of operation side of things as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's nothing in a hotel is ever as bad as actually stacking shelves with uh, clay tarts, frankly. So. No, I, I I spent a while working in a in a haunted pub in the New Forest and haunted according to the owners. And um, and yes, after the chicken plucking and the children, it was a blessed relief. Yes, I think I think we've got the um, the hospitality sort of recruitment campaign down here. So to relieve the twelve hours of boredom, Charles, what um, what biscuits did you eat? <laughs> well, so I mean, I, I was I was pondering the answer to this question because um, I, I would like to say I, I eat any biscuits at the moment. I, I love biscuits, but the problem that I have is that I've also got three little boys that uh, that, that, that nab the biscuits within as soon about, as they hear the rustle, they're with, like, yeah, <laughs> within about kind of fifteen seconds of them arriving in the groceries. So uh, if you know, if I get a chance, I will take any biscuit that is left. Frankly, um, but uh, I suppose if I had a choice, you know, the old digestive or a custard cream, you know, you can't really go wrong with that. But uh, I, I just don't have the opportunity to ever eat them because they're always gone. So there we go. Well, this, this, is the, this is the joy of conference attendance because now you're away from children yes. at a conference, which is a place for grown-ups where there also are biscuits. Yeah, so maybe I should just take the opportunity to go really heavy on the biscuits for the next couple of days, you know, to, to kind of make up for it. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll bear that in mind later on. <laughs> yeah. I think you should. And, you know, and, and do look forward to that sort of sugar plummet up the other side when you've had your fill of biscuits in, an, in, in, in not in usual, uh, not as you usually would, and then you'll just hit a sugar wall and it'll be, yeah snoozing all the way home. Well, I, was, I was exhilarated to note um, this weekend that A, the M&S near me still hasn't closed down. Oh, I was wondering what was going on with the yeah, M&S. packing it up last week, or what looked like packing it up, and I was extremely concerned um, that this was it, and I bought a lot of, um, containers of small containers of orange juice um, as a result, because that's pretty much what, and some marmalade, because that's pretty much what, this stuffing is long gone now, we haven't seen stuffing for, for months. Um, but um, but no, not only is it still not um, not closed, but they've gone full festive and they're now selling mulled wine and um, and then little biscuits. So hey. nice biscuit, the Lebkuchen is in. And, ah, so we made that transition now and all the streets of Paris, the Christmas market is open down the road, are starting to smell like hot spice booms time of the year certainly biscuit wise <clears throat> reasons to be cheerful number 27 that'll do yeah yeah that's that's not bad it's not bad at all um we are making tremendous progress um and we um we might ask you the same questions that we ask all of our guests as we conclude this podcast if that's if that's all right with you yeah, we absolutely skipped through it, haven't we? So yeah, we no, have. yeah, happy to answer the standard questions. Far away. Have you have you had a chance to count the cranes yet? <laughs> Do you know? I'm looking at the window. I'm going to say there's at least a dozen that I can see. So there we go. Uh, yeah, Andy I, Burnham I, will be thrilled. I'm going to say I'm going to say twelve. Yeah. Excellent work. Okie dokie. Um, so question number one: When the shutters came up and I had the jabs in my arm, the first thing I did was. I was so. Firstly, I would say it feels like quite a long time ago when I had the jab. So you know, I mean, I was on the NHS. Well, I was 
I was trying to remember what I actually did. And I, I think actually what I did was, um, it wasn't immediately after, it was the following day, I had a round of golf. So I, I, I played golf and, uh, I, yeah, I had a, you know, kind of, you know, a, a lovely time. But uh, um, as I say, I mean, I think that I was, I was juggling a few things at the time and uh, it was, it, it wasn't, it was a relief to have the, to, to, to have the jab. But obviously I think, uh, you know, we're now going to go into the whole booster uh, system or the whole booster procedure now. So we're going to do it all again. Yay. What jab did you have? AstraZeneca. Yeah, so Oxford AstraZeneca. So, you know, I don't have three heads and everything was okay. So that's good news. <laughs> it's a triumph. Yeah. The best thing about the hotel sector is? Ooh, the best thing about the hotel sector. I I think, I, I don't think that I've ever lost the the excitement of walking into a into a hotel room, i got to say. You know, a well-designed, well-appointed uh, hotel room. I think is always a, has you know is still a delight. Frankly, um, there are you know you have a, a level of expectation when you walk into a room, and uh, um, unfortunately, you know there are plenty of occasions where you walk in and you, you see you see everything that is wrong. But uh, the occasions, yeah, the occasions where you get every, you know you walk in and you're pleasantly surprised, and it is as I said a well appointed you know customer facing designed room. I think um, you know you you do you still well. I certainly still smiles to myself. So. Very good. Um, the hotel sector would be significantly improved if? Um, I, I think it speaks to one of the challenges that we have at the moment, which is which is staff. Um, and um, I, I mean, I appreciate others have said this, but, uh, you know, the ability to uh, attract, excite and retain staff, I think, is 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 a real issue. Um we 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 struggle with that uh, image and actually i think it's an indictment on hotels hotel brands hotel products and actually everyone that works within the hotel space that we aren't able to attract the best and the brightest and even if we are we're certainly not able to retain them um and i think it would uh, would be substantially improved if we were able to do that um and you know keep some of that uh, you know, keep some of that talent within our sector rather than losing it to others. And you make a valid point and, and using the word excite, um, I think is spot on. And we, we jest about um, stacking roof tiles and plucking chickens. Um, but I'd far rather work in a hotel, really, than either of those. And I just, it, it frustrates me no end that we can't get that message out and hammer it home and make it clear because it, it is exciting. And it's, yeah considerably more exciting than the 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 straw poll of three here of of what we jobs other jobs that we may or may not have not been excited by absolutely various points so um what the industry needs now is (laughs) um i think the the economic outlook uh, I, I don't necessarily think it's just for the sector, but I think the economic outlook, there's quite a lot of kind of questions uh, in a lot of people's minds as to actually how the next six, 12 months plays out. Uh, you know, obviously we've got kind of inflation at higher than, uh, um, you know, desired levels um, and we'd like to get that down, but we've got, uh, um, you know, we have, we have real pressures within the utility, um, um, the operating costs and the utility costs. Um, and so some 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 stability, some um, everything just to calm down a little bit, I think would 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 greatly help. But um, uh, if there is any form of economic slowdown or you know inflation squeezing that consumer spending, um, I think the challenges facing the hotel space, leisure in general, um, are substantial. So I would hope 
for some some calmer waters ahead, frankly. But uh, I'm not necessarily sure that I can see those at this point. And finally, I'd like to think we've learned from this. I was uh, so in preparation for this podcast. I, I listened to a couple of others, and I think there was a couple of comments around. I'm not sure that we will have learned from 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 this. <laughs> so, but I'm going to take a more you know positive uh, positive view, which is I think there's a huge amount to 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 learn from it. I think the challenge is remembering those uh, remembering what you've learned and actually uh, um, you know deploying it into your business. Um, I think it's easy always to to focus on. Um, the current challenge rather than necessarily think, how does that change my business model? How should I change um, as a result of that? So um, I I, I suppose, you know, I I would hope that we do learn from it. And ultimately, I think it comes down to probably not taking anything for granted. I mean, I think as as coming out of coronavirus, you know, lazy hotel keeping, uh, automation of the operations, um, you know, some pretty kind of uh, lax decision-making or maybe a lack of nimbleness when it comes to kind of businesses and operations and, you know, uh, trading assets like hotels, you can't take anything for granted because if you do, um, there are others out there that are going to be moving quicker than you and you will, you know, you you will fall behind. Absolutely. Tremendously wise words, if I may say so. Many thanks. <laughs> well, there we go. That's, uh, I'll, uh, yeah. Charles, thank you so much. Um, it was a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for carving out some time in your day to join us um, and enjoy the rest of Manchester. Well, thanks very much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much for having me. And uh, um, on to uh, you know, on, on, on to on to Manchester and the delights of uh, you know the second city. You enjoy that crane counting, um, and do keep us updated as to what your decision was at two a.m. Whether it was to continue with the boozing or to wisely call mm. time. Yeah, I, yeah, I uh, that that won't be a subject of a podcast. So I'm afraid that, that I. <laughs> I reckon it would um, it would fit quite nicely in with the Dave Grohl episode so that we're going to do at some point. Mm. Oh, Not a man to shy away from two a.m. drinking, I'd imagine. Oh. Or champagne and KFC. Yes, or or, or, or it'll just be an early la- early night and uh, you know taking advantage of uh, you know the beautiful hotel I'm staying in. So there we go. Very wise. <laughs> Thank you Catherine very much you enjoy your mold spices delights and my riot free mulling <laughs> riot free mulling and thank you for listening please do join us again for another episode next time bye bye so that concludes our thoughts for this week thank you to everyone involved in creating this episode and providing something for your ears whilst walking the dog washing the cat chopping the veg, or however else you pass the time while podcasting. Please do review and subscribe if you get your ear entertainment via Apple, or follow new tricks if your ear delight comes from Spotify. These things make a difference, apparently. Until next time.